Welcome everyone to Strictly Anime, a podcast for anime reviews and discussions. My name is Courtney and Carl is not joining me for this episode 95 because it's all about The Rising of the Shield Hero season two, which means full spoilers and he hasn't watched it yet. But I'm not alone for this review because joining me is Ash from Simping for Senpai podcast. Hey Ash, welcome. What's up? Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining. I really appreciate it. I'm I haven't done a solo review or solo episode in quite some mm-hmm. time, probably like a year or so. And yeah. when I was listening to your podcast, you guys had mentioned that for spring 2022 you were going to listen or you're going to watch The Rising of Shield Heroes. I'm like, "Perfect. What better time to have <laughs> you on than to talk about this very uh very interesting season?" Well, one, I'm glad you listened to that episode because <laughs> that episode we were like spitballing hard on stuff to like essentially things that we we're going to just watch because I think I came up with the idea for that specific episode like five hours before we started recording. <laughs> and yeah. luckily, I think I think I had a guess on that one, too. Yeah, it was a good episode. It was fun listening to you guys talk about like what you were most hyped for. Mm-hmm. And and speaking of which, I got to ask, because like, we're right at the start of a brand new season of anime. It's summer 2022. Mm-hmm. What's the one show you're most excited Class for? Classroom of the season? Elite. Season really? Two. <laughs> yes. You, I... would not, you would not believe how long I've been waiting for that. I watched that weekly when it came out. And then hearing when season two is dropping, I was like, cool. I can't wait for season two. And then I waited a year, two years, <laughs> three years. Four years. And then out of nowhere, they're like, oh, by the way, they're adapting these things from the light novel, too. I'm like, I'm already caught up with the light novel. Just give me the show. (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy that it's like it's interesting that we're getting so many anime right now that have these several year long gaps. And then suddenly you're getting more like you got Bleach coming back after Mm -hmm. who knows how long. Um, the Devil's a part-timer is coming back. You and I were mm-hmm. chatting right before we started recording about how Odegaidu had a really long gap. Like, yeah. I'm not complaining. It's an awesome thing. But yeah. it's just weird that people are, or that the studios are picking these back up again. It just depends on, like, the, like, what people have been, like, asking for majority of the time. Because I know for a fact Devil's a part-timer, a lot of people have been asking for that thing. Yeah. And then, same thing with Classroom of the Elite as well. Like, they were, I think they were, like, seven books in. And I think the first season is based off the first two. And I'm like, you have, they have plenty of material to go off of, but I don't know why they... They were actually discussing that another book was dropping, but they still didn't give us anything for season two. It was That's, I, I have to ask, because I, I don't know much at all about Classroom of the Elite, but I've heard mm-hmm. about it so many times. Like, sell me on it. What What's the story high level without any spoilers? Like, what's the story and why should I watch it? So it's... It's not your typical like high school story. This is a kind of a psychological uh, slight mystery about the main character with a that they go to a specific school where they're actually training the next world's leaders, essentially, because that the school that they go to, I think it's called like the the nurt. It's like the nurturing. Um, I think it's the the nurturing metropolitan uh, high society school. I think that's what it's called. So, like, there's going to be rich kids that are there, people that are, like, essentially, like, the smartest. Like, everyone is there at that school. So, it sounds like a school full of, like, Lelouch from Kogias, essentially. Essentially like that, yeah. But you get the typical, like, kids that are there anyways, like, the naive people, like, the people that are easily, like, swayed with power and all that stuff. Like, you have all that there. The thing is, it's, like, what you're trying to focus on is mainly why the main character is there. And why is he doing specific things there when he clearly at the beginning says he does not want to be involved in anything? Interesting. Okay. 
I love that kind of psychological stuff and like when mm. people are are just shitty human be- it sounds terrible but like when people are yeah. shitty human beings to other people or manipulate others I kind of mm. get like like it's interesting to watch that or how they they go about manipulating others or use their intelligence against other people so maybe I'll pick it up I, I've been thinking about it but sometimes I just need that little push to finally do it you should definitely pick it up it's really good I'm gonna tell you this I was when I didn't realize that my other co-host watched it and he actually really likes it and he's not the type of person that likes high school style shows at all he hates them he only likes straight shonen just give him Dragon Ball Z give him Hunter Hunter uh Black Clover all those other ones but when it comes to like a psychological like school show he actually thoroughly enjoyed it Okay, interesting. All right, then I'll 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 pick it up. I'm gonna put it on my watch list after we're done recording because yeah. this is I think the push that I needed to commit. Um, I I have to say I'm really excited for Rent a Girlfriend season two. <laughs> like so fucking excited. Let's go, Chizuru is back. I'm so pumped. I watched the first season on a whim because I was like, you know, I need something to watch. Whatever's during the pandemic, and this was like airing weekly during that time, and I suckered a friend to watch it with me. And my God, I didn't not realize like how many times I get a jerking off joke every time in the show <laughs> So I watched it. I know even the entire ED is like one big euphemism yes. for Kazuya like jacking it. Yeah, <laughs> it's like there's so many different animations that are like showing you. It's like the shaking of the bottle, the girls cheering them on. And then it's like something peeking up and down, up and down. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> and literally every time Kazuya's in his bedroom, there's used tissues everywhere. <laughs> like, gee, I wonder why those are there. Like the whole the whole like garbage bin is just full of tissues. And actually oh I got Carl to finally watch it. And I waited until he watched the episode. And this is spoilers for anyone who has not watched mm-hmm. Rent a Girlfriend. But I think it's like episode six or so where he realizes his feelings for Chizuru while mm-hmm. he's jacking off to Mami-san. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I waited. And I, I found out when he was going to watch it. I sat down next to him and just like watched and soaked in his reaction. Because he reacted the same way that I did. I was like, no way. They're really <laughs> doing this right now? Holy shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. He should definitely choose Ruka, not freaking Chizuru, but that's just my opinion. Oh, you're team Ruka? Damn, yeah. I'm team Chizuru, and I think Carl is too. <laughs> I like her a lot. It, like, surprisingly, she stood out more than the other two. But then again, like, like um, Somi, I think she was only there for, like, an episode. So yeah. they didn't really give her much. And then that's why I think that's where the spinoff manga came around. So they gave her, like, her own series, which is good. But I think Ruka, like, is... I think a way better written character than Jesus, to be honest. I I have friends that are uh, very much Team Ruka as well, and I would say of the four, she'd be like my second favorite because I think like she genuinely likes Kazuya right off the bat and like yeah. has like a reason to want to pursue him and everything. I am interested though to learn more about Sumi because, like you said, we barely got to find out anything about her in season mm. one, but it looked like from some of the trailers that we'll get more screen time for her in season two. I'll probably push to watch season two because I didn't really want to watch it. Oh, really? Why is that? I didn't like the series. That's the thing. Oh, even though you're Team Ruka, you're not going to watch it to support Ruka? I I legit have an actual, like, Ruka peeker on my car. Like, that's how much I I like her. (laughs) But the fact is, it's like, "Mm, the series is not good. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, I'll I'll keep you posted. If I think Ruka gets a lot of like good scenes or anything like that, I'll I'll let you know. <laughs> I'll probably just end up watching it regardless. <laughs> you should, you should. No, I just no, I for me, I I know people dislike Kazuya, but there's something about him mm-hmm. that I find endearing. Like he's stupid as fuck, but I root for him so hard because I'm like he'll do right sometime. He'll 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 make a smart choice at some point, but. Maybe it'll happen. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, and then he opens his mouth, and then he realizes the shit that he was thinking of was, like, the bad idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> all right. Well, moving on from summer 2022 and all the craziness of Red to Girlfriend, let's talk about, I think, probably one of the most divisive seasons that came out of spring 2022, which is season two of S.H.I.E.L.D. Hero. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll give our final ratings at the end of the discussion. But to start us off, like, let's share our general thoughts or, like, our biggest takeaways from season two of S.H.I.E.L.D. Hero. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I don't want to put you on the spot. <laughs> I'm going to start with this one specifically because this one irked me in the first, ep- like, the very, very first episode. What the fuck was going on with the lighting in that in that first episode? The lighting? I don't know. I didn't notice. You really didn't notice? Okay, so every single time there was, like, a scene, it showed, like, a really strong, like, beam of light just on the characters most of the time. And then when they were walking into the castle to go have the little conference as well, like, the lighting just for some weird reason off the window just kept, like, it's so bright. It was so annoying. Now that you're describing it, I feel like I do recall something like that. But yeah. I'm also like that first episode. I think was was like a huge bait for me because I it looked really nice at first, but then as mm-hmm. the episode was going on, I'm like something about this feels off. Something about this doesn't feel as hype as I had expected. But I kept thinking, no, it's just the first episode. It'll get better, and then and then yeah, mm. the rest of the season. <laughs> decisive nope i think it's pretty clear yeah. <laughs> how we feel about this because well, honestly I, I told carl about it and like i said mm. he hasn't watched season one he yeah. really doesn't know anything about the the show um but i told him how how disappointing season two ended up being and he kind of summed it up in a in a very very uh, accurate way he said if season one was the rising of the shield hero then season two must be the falling of the shield hero and i'm like yeah yeah that's pretty much how it went because i honestly like i was thoroughly disappointed it just it wasn't good and like we've been here before right where a new Mm -hmm. show has a very strong first season has all this hype behind it and seemingly like plenty of time to make the next season really good but then that next season ends up being a flop and kills everyone's hard hard ons for the show that was this and like it reminds me of promise neverland season two oh my god that that's like the first thing that comes to mind i'm like wow that was super fucking disappointing so i Shield Hero, Shield Hero wasn't that bad. It was a step above, but it still was like just not good. That's the best way I can su- sum it up. It was just not good. It's really hard to like pinpoint a lot of things in this specific series, especially in season two, where I feel like I really did enjoy it. Like I do have some things from this season that I really did enjoy, but I really did enjoy season one, and I really thought that they were going to – piggyback off like the how well the pacing was for season one was like they didn't stick too long to specific things as well but they did the exact opposite in season two because that's another thing i did not like the pacing was so bad yeah like really bad they sped through so much stuff didn't really give us like a whole lot of uh time to either get invested like for instance I wouldn't have mind have gotten invested with Ost, but the problem with that is that they sped up so far into the entire thing, 
I barely cared about her. I really did. Same. And she was supposed to be one of those new characters where you're supposed to like feel for her and all that things. Yeah, she came and went in an instant. Like I know that she was there about half the season and half the season was about her, but I felt like similarly I had no time to in- get invested in her or understand who she was mm. or the level of importance that she had on the story to the point where when she died, I was like, oh, that, that sucks, I guess. <laughs> I was like, all I right, mean, moving on. Yeah, and I mean, plus, like, I saw the the reveal coming. Like, they didn't really kept that a secret. They telegraphed that so hard every time. And it that, that was one of the things that really annoyed me. Because every single time she did something, it's all like, oh, now I remember things are coming back to me. And I'm yeah. like, like, oh, God, she's the spirit turtle, isn't she? And then that's when that reveal happens with, um, what's his name that revealed it? Um, the uh, the Metamuser guy. Kyo, there you yeah. go. The moment he pretty much said, like, like, are you guys dumb? She's the freaking actual spirit turtle herself. And I'm like, God damn, I, I saw that coming. That's it's just so all dumb. like surprise Pikachu faces. <laughs> I was, was watching so one of Gigguk's streams and he said that the problem with Shield Hero is that the main conflict of like now Fumi getting his reputation back and like the whole mm-hmm. revenge plot, all of that was resolved in season one. And I, I agree. So I expected them to come back with season two having some sort of like new spin on the show or some really cool thing they were working toward um, to keep the show like interesting. But instead we got a turtle and we got a second isekai. And I'm like, I've never seen an anime someone actually get isekai to two different worlds in a single show. Have you ever seen that? I actually haven't. And I've watched like, I watched plenty of isekais, but I, I'm not going to lie. Isekai is like my least favorite genre of like any other freaking anime. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the few things that really, I don't know, I felt, okay, I'm actually going to say something really, really, something really good about the show. When he got (laughs) Isakai to the other world, I actually really liked that. It was pretty interesting. It was pretty interesting. I did, I, I did like that, too, because I was thinking, like, hey, what, what positive remarks do I have about season two? And I think that the idea – so fuck the turtle. I don't care about that. But yeah, I think no, the no idea of him being isekai to another world that's actually facing the exact same problems versus a traditional isekai where, like, someone's going from Japan to a completely different world. I mm. liked that this other world also had cardinal heroes and also had waves and also had all these other things, and they were working together to try to figure out, like, how do we defeat the waves and save mm-hmm. our respective worlds but the setup here with the way they did it in the last half of season two like you said it was so sped up where i, I couldn't even enjoy it i'm like i want to enjoy this because i think it's cool but i can't because you guys are like rapid firing yeah it's pretty hard to like follow the series specifically for this season is if they're just pushing fast forward on the entire thing it kind of dilutes your your viewing on the actual show and what sucks is like first season was really good like, I like the fact that there was a concept where other heroes from other worlds came to try to kill the S.H.I.E.L.D. hero because they felt that that was the necessary thing to save their world against the waves and all that stuff. But the thing is that they didn't really go into that specific detail that I felt that they should have actually done something like that. Like, give me their backstories or something like that because it seemed the moment we met uh, Kizuna... Like, she knew instantly, and even, like, now Fumi, they both hinted, they're both from Japan. Yeah. Both of them. They were originally from Japan, and they were called onto that world, which I think is pretty cool. I wanted to know more about her specifically as well, and also the other heroes, too. Like, why? how did they get transported there, and why are they there, essentially? 
I, I also thought that was interesting because they all they hint other places that Japan yeah. seems to be the place they pull all these heroes from because I think during the turtle arc they came across like some you know what they thought was ancient writing on the wall about the mm. turtle and now Fumi's like this is fucking Japanese, Japanese. <laughs> someone wrote it in <laughs> Japanese like another person from Japan was here um, and you also get Kyo's backstory at the end of the season where he also was isekai'd from Japan although mm. what's interesting with him is that they show him as like this this like chunky guy like this really heavy set dude who yeah. like has like dark hair and stuff i'm like how did you go from looking like that to looking like how you do in this other world with your long like silver hair and mm. you're like really slender and stuff because now fumi looks identical to how he did in his previous world yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah i i'd love to learn more about that too and i hope at some point they do dive into that because we also eventually have to come across the conversation of like when does now fumi go back to japan once all the waves are defeated because i think they hinted at that in season one they kind of did on that specific point because he even talked about it too in like some of the episodes, especially in season one. It's like, I mean, what happens once I complete my task? Am I going to end up going back to where my world? And he even told that to like Philo and to Raptalia as well that that might be a possibility. But both of them are like, they don't want him to go. And mm -hmm. they're, and pretty much said, like, well, I mean, if there's a way I can get you guys to come with me, that I would probably like find a way to do that, which I think would be yeah. pretty cool. Like, if somehow he does figure out a way, but. You know, we still got season three coming up, and uh, I, after season two, I don't know if I feel like I want to watch season three, to be honest. Yeah, that's a good point. They So season one came out 2019, and mm -hmm. then when it wrapped up, I think it was like June or something, 2019, mm -hmm. they announced season two and season three not too long after. That's kind of unheard of for them to announce not one, but two confirmed seasons. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking, okay, they had like two to three years to prepare for season two. I'm nervous now, just like you. Like, are they going to need like five years to prepare for season three? Because season two did not turn out well, even though they had a lot of leeway. Well, one of the biggest things I heard was that season two was supposed to come. I mean, season three was supposed to come right after season two. So oh, there really? might be a possibility. Yeah, there might be a possibility we might get it in either, I would say, fall or winter. But I think fall would be the worst spot for them to try to like revitalize the show, essentially. Like, there's too many bangers in the fall season that's coming up. Yeah. I would rather have them do it in the wintertime where, like, maybe there might be a few contenders there. But that's around the best time they should do it. But even if they do do it, I honestly don't know what are they going to do because they, which I think this is a, a positive and a negative on the show. They brought up something that, like, never even heard of, like, at all from the entire series and which are the vestige weapons. Because we found out that they they have like a mirror vestige, and they also have like the katana, like the katana hero that Rotali ends up getting, like essentially the katana from that. It's interesting that they added that there's not only just cardinal weapons, but there's vestige weapons. And I, I kind of want to vestige know. or is it vassal? Oh, vassal. No, vassal. You're right. You're correct. My bad. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. yeah no, I agree. I think that's weird because I was like, wait, because at first I was confused because yeah. Raftalia got the fucking katana, and I'm like, wait, so is she right. a cardinal hero? Because that's a big fucking deal. Then I was mm -hmm. like, oh wait a second, no, there's there's vassal weapons, and those are the type I think that the katana is. So she's not on the same level as Naofumi, but mm -hmm. she has a lot of power because that sword, right? Yeah, pretty much. It's okay. And, and the thing is, like, I want to know more about those things specifically because if somehow in that world they have those type of weapons, does that mean that Naofumi's world that he's actually that he got Isekai too? Do they have that as well? Because I know for a fact they hinted at like at the sword from when the i think it was the pope was attacking them in the towards the end of the first season and then he got iron maiden and died 
<laughs> I was wondering if that was one of the weapons because they mentioned that that was a weapon on par with the cardinal weapons, but is it technically a vessel weapon? That's what I wanted to know, but they never. That's really a good question. Said about that. Yeah, I forgot about that, and I know mm-hmm. they were spe- they're specific in season two that the vassal weapons have to choose their owners, which mm-hmm. is why that one guy who got sliced in half like didn't he wasn't able to get the sword. Not- Ratalia got it. Yeah. So I'm like, did that sword? If that's if that sword that the Pope used was a vassal weapon, did it choose him? And like, yeah, now now you've got me wondering about that too. That's a really good point. Right. It's like one of those things. Like when you actually watch the series, you're like, okay. So they add something specifically to this specific season, which would be season two. But then when you go back to season one, you're like, wait a minute. Did they make a mention of that anywhere? But they never did. They just knew that there was another weapon closest to the Cardinals, which is essentially that sword. And the fact that, like, I think they said it was an imitation. I think it was a copy. They didn't say it was a legit actual, like, Cardinal weapon. Mm, Interesting. Mm -hmm. I was surprised that she could bring it back out of her world. But then I realized they think they left... Os mirror and um in Kizuna's world because I think one of them was still holding it and they just like left it when they teleported back. Well, he did use it at the very end, uh, when he essentially when Os like gave him like the the power again to get rid of the the wrath shield. And oh yeah, I, yeah. So like he was using it on, on that very last attack, but I don't know if he ended up taking that with him. That's what I'm wondering. Yeah, too. I think I'm pretty sure one of them, I think it was um, Lark, the guy with the red hair. I think he was holding it mm. when they were leaving. So I think they kept it. Maybe they just swapped weapons. Like Raftalia got the, the katana and then they got the mirror from, <laughs> from Naofumi's world. Um, <laughs> but I, I was kind of thinking, especially by like the last few episodes, when the when Kizuna's world had a wave happen early because of what Kyo was doing, yeah. I'm like, okay, wait, what's going on with the waves back in Nalfumi's world? Because I thought they said in the first half of season two that the the spirit tortoise, the turtle, mm-hmm. could temporarily stop the waves yes. by doing whatever it does. But now that it's dead, doesn't that mean the wave is still coming and Nalfumi's not even there to help? Mm-hmm. But then I think they said at the very end, maybe the episode 12, that the wave did happen and and the three heroes just took care of it without Naofumi. Is that right? That's what I heard too, like in that episode as well. Because I think what Kill pretty much said, it's it's an interdimensional like wave. So like I think every single world, if there's more than technically the two worlds that we have, they sh- pretty much said he pretty much said that there are waves going on everywhere. So mm. I'm assuming that because of that. Like, everyone else was getting attacked. The wave happened. That's when the actual other Cardinal heroes actually did step up, which is... I mean, I, they really didn't get enough screen time to begin with because they're dicks to begin with. <laughs> but even then, it's like... The fact that they stepped up, it actually kind of shows that they are getting progressively better in character. But even then, they're still yeah. written as, like, the worst characters. Well, I the problem I have with them just saying, oh, by the way, the other three heroes took care of the wave while you were, you know, Isekai the second time, is that all throughout season one, they set up the this importance around all four of the heroes being present and helping to save the world together. Like, Philo's, like, leader, the, the other bird girl, I can't remember her name, Flea. but she even Philo, said, yeah. like... Yes. Uh, she was. She said that I will, like, destroy the world if you, Naofumi, don't get the four of you to start acting like a team and working together. Like, that's how important it was. But then Naofumi goes and gets Isekai a second time, isn't present for the waves, and then those three heroes are able to finish or stop the waves themselves. I'm like, so then you don't need Naofumi is what you're saying. Like, that actually makes him 
like less important or discounts his power if the three of them were able to handle everything on their own. This might be a stretch, but this is essentially what I remember from the first season. They did mention that when all four heroes are present together, that their power actually diminishes instead of actually gets essentially stronger when they're all together. So I'm I'm assuming because since Naofumi's not there to help them that they were able to still keep their adequate levels that they have and they're able to fight fend off. But I think it's because I, I I'm pretty sure that's what they said in the first season. I'm pretty sure because I know they made a big emphasis on they have to fight together. But if they're all together, they're also at their weakest. So oh okay, I'm not 100 percent sure if that's correct. Yeah. I- I hope like they they talk about the waves more in season three, um, and kind of go back a little bit to mm-hmm. like Naofumi trying to rekindle his relationships with the other three heroes. Not to say like he did anything wrong, mm-hmm. but it's just like I think that's that's a big part of the story now that Naofumi has kind of finished his revenge plot. Now that he's essentially gotten to a point where his re- reputation is decently restored, mm-hmm. I feel like the next goal for him is to get the other three cardinal heroes to give him respect and start treating him like one of their own. Cause I, I'm like, what else is there? You know, cause we, we went through this whole, you know, this whole season and season one, he accomplished all of these things. And then season two didn't really present like a long-term goal. Mm-hmm. The waves are still happening. Like nothing really changed. So I'm like, what is the other goal left for now for me? It's, I feel like getting those heroes to, to be, to treat him better, essentially. I mean, it's either that or he's trying to essentially figure out a way to like to end it so he can go home. Because that's that's another thing that I feel that maybe they should probably end up touching upon that on season three to see if maybe that causes some sort of progression in the story on top of him actually getting to essentially get all the heroes together to you know get along and all that stuff because i bet you they probably also don't really think that they want to go back but also maybe they do want to go back to like the lives that they originally had because it seems like everyone else had like a pretty decent life before getting isekai except for naofumi and then yeah. oh, which we did get backstory on naofumi which i was really glad they actually did that because one of the few things i really did enjoy about season two was his backstory yeah he's just a goddamn otaku what the (laughs) (laughs) i was like hey he's like one of us (laughs) i just love the fact that kizuna like straight up called him out like well i mean he's a lollicon and i'm like oh no (laughs) dude that was so funny and the fact that like raftalia and rishia had no idea what that was they were like what's a lollicon he's like don't worry about it Well, I, I have to ask, because I know we talked a little bit earlier about how we both enjoyed the idea of, like, a second isekai or, like, mm-hmm. another parallel world with Cardinal Heroes. How did you feel about the fact that when Naofumi and his team went to this other world, they started from zero? Like, they were all level one. Raftalia was small. Um, they had, like, nothing, like, no good gear or anything like that. Like, how did you feel about that? I honestly thought that when that actually happened they noticed that their levels are pretty much back at square one i was like it kind of makes sense but also really doesn't but going back to season one when lark was asking people for help i'm assuming because when they came there too they ended up being level one as well so he got his level back up so i guess this probably might have been done the same way but it was which was foreshadowed 
But at the same time, it's like it really didn't make sense that they were, you know, level one for the very beginning once they actually landed there. But I don't know. I kind of did add a, a small twist to the actual show because it's like they, they really have to fend for themselves again and prove themselves that they were that wasn't a fluke. So that's how I kind of felt on on that specific aspect of it. Yeah, I, I'm I felt similarly. I was like, OK, this makes sense that they are starting you know, from square one in a new world. Um, However, I felt like because, like we said earlier, they were just moving so quickly through everything Mm -hmm. that it really had no impact on them. They got back to normal so fast and they were able to fight like normal, even though they probably were significantly less leveled up than they were in their other world, Mm -hmm. where I'm like, why even bother going through this whole like oh we have to retrain like this retraining arc because it took two seconds and then they were able to fight like it was no big deal. See that that was also the other thing too. Like they didn't really make mentions of how long they were essentially there for, because if they actually did, you know, show us, actually, if they did show us like a at least a sequence of time, I would have understood maybe the fact that they got back to normal what they were originally were leveled at. It would make sense. Like if they said they were there for like maybe a month, two months, I would have been like, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, it, it took them a while to grind and all that stuff, but at the same time the wave could have been coming within like a week or two. So I don't know because they didn't really like telegraph that very well, like how long they've been there, but also didn't really give us the emphasis on like, even though the spirit turtle's gone, there is still a wave coming, but that didn't really come up at all either on top of all that stuff that's been happening. Yeah, I was confused about that, too, because for me watching it, it felt like they were only in Kizuna's world for, like, a few days, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but in that time frame, they got back up to – they leveled from from one all the way up to whatever level they ended up at. Mm-hmm. They had, like, a hundred different outfit changes and got all these upgrades from the shop for no reason because <laughs> most of that stuff didn't actually make it back to their world. I think the only things that came back with them were Raftali's katana – Naofumi's new outfit and then uh, the fucking chibi raccoon thing. Those were like the only things that I noticed that they brought back with them. So I'm like, you guys went through all of this stuff in just seemingly just a few days. Again, all kind of for nothing because once that whole deal was done in Kizuna's world, nothing really mattered in in your own world. No. Uh, What I did really like, though, it's that they were still able to keep that equipment. Because like now that you mentioned when they all came back and they essentially were still wearing almost the exact same thing that they were when they were coming back, I actually really did like that because I'm like now I'm wondering what type of other elements is like just them having that specific gear is gonna do in this specific world now because it's, since it's not technically from the same world, I want to know if it will still have like the same stats maybe or he can interchange it to make it work better with some of the stuff he has there because he. Like, Naofumi loves making stuff, and I'm glad that he was able to bring something back from that specific world into this one. So I bet you maybe he's going to tinker with some of the things he got. Like, I'm kind of betting on that on Season 3. I could see that. And they kind of showed us a little bit of that when Naofumi first meets uh, uh, Kizuna, Mm -hmm. when they're, like, exchanging their different, like, potions or whatever and they're seeing what effects they have like their different items are seeing what effects they have on each other Mm -hmm. so yeah i think that that's a good point they kind of hinted that you can bring stuff to other worlds but it's going to react differently in you know world a versus like world b so yeah, i'm also interested to see like how he uses all that stuff 
in season three. I also kind of like I, I still love his classic white and green outfit, but mm-hmm. I kind of really dig his new black one with like it's the red cool. feathers. I was like, that looks badass. Yeah, it looks pretty sick. It's like I would I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing the Sentinel wear something like that. Like that makes sense. Like the, his gear that he's outfit he's wearing. It's kind of intimidating showing like a, a strong presence. And he is like the defensive uh, the defensive guy. So it makes sense for his character. Yeah. Yeah, and and I want to jump into um, characters a little bit here yeah. and ask you, who did you like the best of the new characters that they introduced, and who did you like the least? Kizuna. Kizuna is, like, the best. I love her. <laughs> I, like, I'm not a fan of lollies, but she is by far one of the best written characters, actually, from this specific season, because I'll, you can tell that a lot of the other characters didn't really get a whole lot of writing like done yeah. for them for their character developments. Risha got a little bit of it, which is fine, and I'll get to Risha later on that <laughs> speci- uh, for that specific reason. On top of that, though, the character I hated, the one I hated the most, honestly, I really didn't like. Oh God, Jesus, this is hard because there's so many characters in this series, and a lot of them didn't get actual like as much extra development as I thought they would have. Oh my god, I have to agree. It was like a fucking harem. Like this, this harem oh came god, out of yes. nowhere. Yes. And then I counted at one point during the turtle arc, and I'm like, there are six, six women with Nalfumi, and I right? don't know who half of them are. I and can't remember not, any of their names. And not <laughs> only that, like majority of the people he ends up like teaming up with are all women. Yeah. Like honestly. <laughs> Everyone. Like it literally oh, just man. became a fucking huge harem for for Nalfumi. For a guy who is so dense he doesn't even think about that kind of shit. <sighs> He's a goddamn otaku. He should. Yeah. <laughs> like how? How does he oh, not see that? Like oh my god. <laughs> And I think too, like with especially with the turtle arc, it's like all of these women came out of nowhere, and like mm-hmm. they all played a small part in the overall, you know, journey to kill this turtle or whatever. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, none of them stick in my memory. No, none of them had a huge impact. And really, the only one I do remember is Ost because she was she was cool. I liked her character design, and you know, like even though I, mm-hmm. I wasn't invested in her, I still thought overall she was a good character to watch. I still think one of my favorite scenes was when um, Ost was giving ad- advice and. Doing that oh in my god! Marks. <laughs> that was so funny. That oh was my so god! Good. Like you see, like how naive like Raptali is, and you see like yeah. how naive Philo is as well. I love the fact that it's like like that kind of really did give some character to the actual like characters that are around her. It's like Alice is like the adult, so she's like the like she's known as like the almost like the prostitute essentially that because like she does favors <laughs> for everybody. So yeah. the moment she gave advice to her and then she like had no idea what what she was talking about and then I know where she goes, "Oh, now I get it." And then Philo asks like, "Oh, what does that mean?" He goes, "Uh, you're too young to <laughs> to understand." <laughs> <laughs> that was so great. And I I love so too cute. how how they gave us that campfire scene mm-hmm. during the the first part of the season, but then they revisited it at the in the last episode, which was a weird episode overall, but like they they went back to it and gave us like an extended version of their conversation mm-hmm. and i was just like laughing and cringing at the same time that was a lot of fun <laughs> oh yeah it was but the funny part is why didn't they give us that during that first part of that arc like honestly yeah that probably would have made that arc a bit more bearable even though it's still very unbearable as it is <laughs> and then that's when i come up with this one because i just already mentioned it earlier risha like oh my god my 
God. Okay. <laughs> I I had, had no idea who the hell she was at all. Like, from the first season, I, I think we've only seen her, like, maybe once or twice. That's it. Yeah. But the fact that, like, I hate the fact what her character is. It's like the the it's the bow hero, right? I'm assuming she was with her with him. I think so, yeah. It's like the bow hero, oh, but I need to, like, impress the bow hero. But I, I don't care. He's, like, one of the worst ones. And he's supposed to be the more logical one out of the other heroes. Yeah. I felt the exact same way. I'm like, I don't fucking care about, like, I don't care about this turtle. And mm-hmm. I don't care about ratio. Those are the two things I did not care about. And I was like, I, the whole time I'm thinking, why is Rishia, who got kicked out of the Bow Heroes party for being weak, why is mm-hmm. she now Naofumi's problem to deal with? Right. And then the fucking Wrath Shield said exactly what I was thinking in episode 12. I think I think I wrote it down here. It was like Naofumi, when he was like possessed by the, the dragon of the Wrath Shield, he was like mm-hmm. calling her a slut. And then oh, he's yeah. like, why did I get stuck taking care of a girl whose life goal is to get into the Bow Heroes pants? And I'm like, that's what I was asking. Right? That's exactly what I said. Dude, like that's one of the few times that I'm like, I'll agree with you rash shield like come on like like, really yeah you're speaking the truth you're evil as shit but you're speaking the truth (laughs) yeah and i think one of the most confusing parts with risha is that the entire season she's shown as like this wimpy scared little girl Mm -hmm. but then when they go up against kyo at like the halfway point of the season like the climactic battle against kyo during Mm -hmm. the turtle arc she suddenly becomes like this this capable individual who can resist high gravity and like does a 180 on her personality is suddenly a confident fighter and knows how to take down this bad guy when everyone else is stuck to the floor because of the gravity i'm like where did this come from but then also where did it go because then she is never that confident again the rest of the season that part annoyed me like to death when i saw that part i'm like really now you're gonna to give her character development at this moment yeah this is the worst that was like the worst time they did it but i will say i actually really did enjoy the fact that she called out kyo on a lot of shit and i'm kind of glad she did that because that actually helped me pinpoint the type of person kyo was and the type of person that risha was supposed to end up being the entire time which i thought it was really good like that specific part is actually done very very well she calls him out on the shits like you're a liar you're cheats you're the same as me i was like okay risha keep talking like i'm actually (laughs) digging what you're saying right now and then i know it's like you're just using this to like assert your dominance and it's you're not really that dominant you're just a scared person like i am and i'm like okay that's one of the few times when i was like okay risha i'm actually down with you being a really good character but then after that just like what you said like she doesn't do anything else after that i'm like come on like this was a really good opportunity for her to step up as being like the next like great party member that Nafumi has because I love mine. Mine was great. Like she was a strong small princess that didn't want to be treated as a princess. She is she legitimately was one of the best mages and I was kind of sad that she was not there. Yeah. No, I, I missed her too and I was like I felt like Risha was just this replacement who never lived up to that potential Mm -hmm. but i do agree that she brought up a good point about kyo because we do see in his backstory at the end of the season that he like nafumi as we talked about was also a hikikomori and like basically Mm -hmm. jumped out of a window because he hated the world or whatever um so i feel like maybe because i was also trying to understand what is kyo's purpose he felt like a throwaway villain who just 
caused a big headache and was barely on screen. And I know he hinted at something bigger coming down the road when Nafumi killed him, but like, who knows what that could be. Um, so I feel like maybe he was just drunk on power the entire time, but they don't tell you that till they show you that he was also isekai. So this whole time I'm sitting here, I'm like, what? what is the point of Kyo? What is he trying to do? Why is he the villain? Because I don't feel like he's a villain if he's just there causing problems. You have to give me his motivation. So I think they waited too long to tell us more about him and like explain what that motivation is. So I, I, by, the, by the time they did, I was kind of like, well, I already don't care. Yeah, no, I agree with you on that thing. The thing is like, if they wanted to make his story better, they should have spent a whole episode on him specifically because yeah, I actually because the moment you mentioned is like he was fat, like had black hair. I was like, I didn't remember that until you mentioned it, and I'm like, okay, I actually do want to know what type of person he was before he got Isekai because it seemed like everyone was just either making fun of him, stomping on him, doesn't care about him, all that stuff. I was like, I'm actually curious to find out if all that was technically true. Because if that's the case, then it makes sense why he's being the type of person that he is, being very diabolical, traveling to another world to find a better solution for his world, trying to kill people in the process of doing that. Like, that would make 100% sense. But if you didn't really give me much to go upon and you're just telling me I should hate this guy because he's controlling an entity that's strong, that's like killing people, stealing people's souls, which, by the way, it was only seven souls. That wasn't a lot. Yeah, because it didn't really seem to give us like much of like a like a desire to kill the actual like turtle because it didn't really do a whole lot of damage, even though it did like wipe out an entire half an army as it is like, which is understandable. But the fact that he only collected seven souls, it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. And you bring up a really good point, like knowing why he's doing what he's doing versus like he just being told he's pure evil. Like I, I, I think the best written villains are the ones where you feel conflicted about them because you know what they're doing is wrong, mm -hmm. but you empathize with them because of like their backstory or their motivation. Like I think about Dio from Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, oh, right? Yeah, like yeah. he's one of the most like evil villains out there. But when you also kind of you know, think a little bit about his upbringing, you're like, okay, I can see why he is the way that he is. Mm -hmm. But I mean, he's still, you know, very, very evil. But here it's like with Kill, we barely got any of that at the last second. And I'm like, no, you guys missed out on getting me invested in him by telling me this stuff ahead of time. I It kind of actually reminds me a little bit of um, Rudy from Mushoku Tensei. Have you seen that? I actually, ha I have only seen like the first like six episodes. I really didn't continue watching it. I wasn't oh, okay. really feeling the vibe on it. Well, you're probably hopefully familiar from like the, I think it was in the first few episodes. Like he got isekai'd, but he was like a, a fat, ugly bastard and like mm -hmm. just a shithead. And so now he's got a chance to kind of like change himself, but mm -hmm. he still is the way that he is a lot of times because it's just his personality. Like that, that got me invested right away because I was like, okay, I understand where he's coming from, like what his life was like in, in the previous world. So yeah, again, they missed that opportunity with Kyo. I feel like he could have been cooler, but at the end of the day, he just ended up being a throwaway villain. This is probably gonna be a uh, a weird one, but Kyo really reminds me of I think it was Necros is the the final final villain of Final Fantasy Nine when it came out of fucking nowhere as well because like that's how I felt like his character was like that he was just thrown in there just to be like just to be the dick the entire time hence why yeah. like, Necros was like never ever mentioned at all in Final Fantasy Nine. They just threw him in there at the end. It's like, oh, by the way, he was the main villain all along. It's like, no one, f no one said anything about him.
Yeah, that's super confusing. Like that kind of stuff. I don't know. I don't like being told something is the way that it is. Mm -hmm. I like being shown and like, again, help me get invested. Like help me as the viewer understand why is this so important? Um, I do want to ask you about animation because this is like a sticking point for me. Oh, yeah. What were your thoughts on the animation, especially compared to season one? Oh, man. I felt that they took a lot of shortcuts and some of the things that they did. Like the CG on the turtle was not was not feeling me at all. Like, honestly, oh, my God, it was, it was so bad. It was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. Like I'm a, 86 came out like a year ago. And the CG on the mechs or the juggernauts and the actual, like, the guidance are really good. And that's all done in CGI. But for some weird reason, that turtle looked like crap. It looked worse. <laughs> it probably looked worse than, I think it's, like, from that Fate series when they summoned a dragon. And one of them, I think that was, like, in 06 or 08. I don't remember when around there. But that was ooh, this just as bad as that was. Like, honestly. Yeah. The, the turtle, like... I, I was already hesitant about there being a turtle in the first place. And mm -hmm. then it popped up on screen. And I was like, no, 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 mm, no. <laughs> no, we're not doing this. We are not doing this. But they did it and they kept it going oh. until the turtle died. <laughs> I was like, oh, God. But I, 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 I am looking God. here because I'm thinking why, again, if they had two to three years to put this season together, why did the animation look bad? Why did this turtle look so bad? And I guess Kinema Citrus also worked on Made in Abyss. Yeah. So I'm thinking they probably put all of their resources into Made in Abyss because Made in Abyss is fucking gorgeous. Yes, it is. It's so freaking clean. It's like the story-wise, it's so what they can write better characters in that series, but for some reason they couldn't do anything about that <laughs> in this series. Are you yeah. shitting me? Like, come yeah, on. Made in Abyss is like insane. Like just all around a fantastic show. Mm. And Shield Hero season one was really good, even though I think maybe around the same time they were also doing Made in Abyss season one. So it's like if they were able to balance things mm -hmm. at that time, why can't they balance things this time? Like what what went wrong here? Because when I was watching this second season of Shield Hero, mm -hmm. I felt like the animation was never consistent. It was so hot no. and cold. Like in a single episode, in a single scene, it would go from like absolutely gorgeous fighting animation to like these dumpy looking people that were just standing there talking. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, how can you, how can you give me such bad animation whiplash within like 30 seconds? Don't forget the backgrounds. Like some of the backgrounds were just like still frames and they just rehashed some of them where. Oh, yeah. Because like the the one where uh, like Reptalia gets the uh, actual like Katana from the Katana hero before like she ends up like running away. That background is so flat and it's yeah. like you it, there's no detail in the background at all. And you can tell like where most of their budget went too. on top of that, where it's like just making sure the characters at least look good. The backgrounds were not good at all <laughs> on, certain, yeah. on certain scenes at all. Yeah, I, I feel like um, it, it was kind of weird, too, because the music is fucking gorgeous. It's it's yeah. by Kevin Pankin. Like he, he kills it. The music is like mm. beautiful with like these flutes and these beautiful strings happening. So when I'm hearing this, I also want what I'm seeing to match. But instead I'm having like, you know, I'm having to look at, like you said, these flat backgrounds or nothing magical about it to match the magical music that's being played. Mm -hmm. And then the characters look like their eyes are pointing in two different directions. And I'm like, oh no, I don't know how to feel right now. <laughs> I the thing is, is like this show seems to like toy with with your emotions 
they were like forcing you to hate a specific character, which is Kyo. Then out of nowhere, yeah. they expect you to feel bad for them as soon as they got to the the new Isekai world, where they're just back at level one. They want you to feel bad. It's like, oh crap, they gotta start all over again. Oh man. Then out of nowhere, they they want you to feel sad because Oz died, but then she's barely does like anything in general the entire time, and then Risha gets like character development and gone. Kizuna is a really good character, but the pro- the problem I had with Kizuna most of the time is the fact that like I needed to know more about her. But then she also is apparently best friends with Glass, but Glass never mentioned in the in like anywhere at all. Yeah. I'm like what there is just so much convoluted stuff that's been thrown out everywhere. It it asks more questions than actually answers them. And it's like that's almost the same way how I felt when I watched Attack on Titan as well because like the main the main questions never got answered and then they added more questions but answered half of them but then again they throw out just as much questions again and I'm like can you at least solve majority of these things tell me something specifically <laughs> but like I don't know why they decided on this specific like season to add more questions and not answer any of them. On top yeah, of there there was just too much going on all at once. And I, I want to kind of piggyback off of something that you hinted at. And I, I felt like season one had way more heart to it, way more emotion than oh, yeah. season two. Like, you think about it, like, Naofumi arrives to this new world with a bright outlook. And then bitch comes in with, like, the rape accusation <laughs> and changes his life and all this shit. And then yep. you had Raftalia, who was a slave child. And then she gets rescued by Naofumi, but is terrified of him at first. And they have to build their relationship. Mm-hmm. And then when she got revenge on that guy who killed her parents, like, holy shit, that was heavy. Yeah. And then I just, I keep thinking about all these crazy things that happened to Raftalia and Naofumi in season one. Mm-hmm. But then season two has no heart. Like, they make these attempts at recreating some of the same feelings by, like, having Naofumi start from level one, making Raftalia small again, and this time, like, Philo's the slave. But, like, all of it fell flat. Yeah. No, you are not wrong. It's, oh, God, it's so hard to actually want to continue. Like, I had to push myself to watch season two because, the, like, I'm not going to lie. I think I only watched the first two episodes. And then when you actually contacted me to do this, I was like, well, it's like I got to push myself to watch this shit. <laughs> like, holy crap. Well, I appreciate the effort. I'm, I very much no. appreciate you pushing through it for, for our sake here. <laughs> God, I wish you were in, like, a lot of Discord calls I was with with other friends that I was watching this with. And boy, oh, boy, half the time I'm like, I think it was, like, episode four like right as soon as they got inside the turtle and then lark and them and lark and all the other ones were inside them i was like are they gonna fight and then i know they're like oh by the way we want to help you i'm like and then now fumi's just like being his normal cold self you can, if you want to help that's fine but like i know for a fact we're probably gonna end up fighting anyway so you can do whatever the hell you want at least he kept this his coldness the same the entire way with other people but at the same time yeah. i'm like i'm like dude th- this why are they there <laughs> like more que- like i said more questions keep keep coming up that one was another one why the hell are they inside the damn turtle like dude oh my god Ugh. this show just no it's so bad why yeah 
Well, I, you bring up another good point, which is Naofumi himself. One thing I did like is that Naofumi's personality, they, they kept him the same. They didn't make any drastic changes because I actually very much love his character. And he's still cold. He's still, like, you know, kind of brash. Like, I remember in the early part of the season where, like, all of the, the leaders are at that round table talking about, like, how do we handle the turtle? And they start mm -hmm. fighting about, like, who, which nation is going to get credit for stopping the turtle. Yeah. And Naofumi's like, I don't have time for this shit. Figure it out or I'm leaving. I'm like, let's go. That's an alpha me I like, right? Like, yep. no bullshit kind of guy. And so I'm glad they kept that. But then at the same time, you also see him develop a little bit because now he's showing more care and more emotion toward Raftali and Philo, who he calls, like, his precious comrades. And he tries to be nice to Risha, even though she sucks and is, like, you know, she's not helpful at all. So it's kind of cool to see him grow a little bit in this season. You're not wrong. Like, you really did see a lot more development in Naofumi, which is good because, like, you really want your main character to at least have some sort of growth after the first season. Especially after the way how that season was. Like, he had no choice but to, like, become a better person. And he yeah. did do that, which I was, like, phenomenal. That's why it's one of the few times when I can actually say, like, a certain anime when it comes to, like, writing their characters. Especially in a big, sh kind of a, a big show because the way how this thing was rated everywhere like everyone loved it like the first season everyone did i really enjoyed it too some aspects i didn't really like because it's very touchy subjects on top of that but he did get growth and that's phenomenal the fact that like the moment and i'm picking back off what you said too the moment he pretty much told everybody at the round table it's like figure this shit out or i'm leaving like that showed a lot of growth because most people like i think most of the heroes specifically the other ones too when they actually showed up to that round table, they're like, well, I mean, if it doesn't really concern us, we're out. So it's like, we don't, yeah. care. we don't care about the turtle, but everyone else seemed to care about it. But that's why when now Fumi was there, it's just like, well, whatever, we don't need your help. Boom. Like he's pretty much stepped up. It's like, that's a lot of growth from him specifically because he hates everybody. He literally <laughs> hated everybody. But the fact that he was willing to help them out and especially because it's the queen that was also leading it too. It showed that he really is starting to open up more to other people, which I love that about him. Yeah, I completely agree. And I felt like, um, you know, if if they gave us more time with Raftalia and Philo with mm -hmm. Nafumi, I would have loved that because they were kind of background characters for most of it. Mm -hmm. And when they finally had their moment to shine, like, let's let's think about Philo getting like lost, right? When they get Isekai a second time, mm -hmm. they reveal her location and Naofumi saves her in literally half an episode. Like, what the fuck? That this should be like a drawn out thing, right? Like, where's where's Philo? She's getting tortured. Oh my god, I hope they they find her soon. Mm -hmm. No, it was literally half an episode. And then on Raftalia's end, she gets kidnapped for like two episodes. I think she gets kidnapped, and two episodes later, she gets the katana, and Naofumi finds her. I'm like can you slow down like can i can i get into the fact that like they've been separated and alfumi's nervous and like worried about her like there's no time to breathe in the way that they pace this episode or with the season mm -hmm. and that was the other thing too because it's like it wasn't alfumi that found her first it was the other heroes that found her so then they ended, up, they ended up teaming up together which i thought was pretty cool but it's just like yeah it seemed that they were really pushing the envelope to Let's just have her find Naofumi or Naofumi find her, like, almost right away. Same thing with the yeah. Philo one. The Philo one, I feel like if they went out in, like, another one more episode on top of that, it'll make me feel that, like, Philo was legitimately in danger the entire time. Where, like, I, where I wanted that emotion of, like, her being a slave again. And I'm like, oh, man. That, that would have hit a lot harder. But no, 
It's just like the way you said it. It's like within half an episode, they save her. I'm like, oh. It, it just seemed that their sense of peril really wasn't a peril. It was just a small little stepping stone or like a side quest that they had to do the entire time to get to the main quest. And I'm like, why did you have to do it this way, though? Like, you could have done a different way or worked around it to kind of work in their favor. Like, even if they added one more episode or were somehow like she actually gets the courage to escape herself like that would have been great as well because that would have shown more growth to that character yeah and i i feel like with season three i i a lot of the the concerns that we we have i'm i'm nervous that they're going to continue because i don't know how many episodes season three is going to have but let's say it's 13 like this one was mm -hmm. I, i'm like are they gonna have better pacing because i feel like we're gonna go down the same route i think we're gonna have spirit animal of the season type formula because i think at the end of the season they hinted at the phoenix spirit animal or the spirit phoenix as like the next task that they have to deal with mm -hmm. and i'm like there's more spirit animals with there's more of them like what are what is even the point like i you introduced the turtle and didn't tell me what the point of them was now you're you're hinting at another animal I'm like what what is happening here like i i don't know if maybe i just misunderstood that at the end but like i think they said something about like the phoenix is the next thing that now is gonna have to deal with all i know if they do the same thing for season three what they did with season two i feel that i don't think anyone's gonna continue watching it this yeah this is one of those things where it's like if they actually they should have just made season two and three one season where like it's 24 episodes like they did with or I think it's 25 for season one. So at least give it a bit more and then come back with like a 13 episode season three. That probably would have been a better direction. But I don't know. They they just chose to just give us something instead of expand on it. Because now that we have all these other like doors that opened essentially from this series that now we know that they can probably jump from world to world. Now we got to deal with another spirit animal. Like, honestly, do you, the fact that like the turtle one already rubbed people the wrong way. It rubbed me the wrong way. Like, cause I powering through that specific, like five to six episodes is really bad. Like if you give yeah. me another one and not actually learn from the pacing issues that they had from that one. Maybe I might be invested to continue like watching that specific thing, but it just depends on where they put that. Like if they put that at like towards the end, maybe. But if they did it like the very beginning, if they keep notes of what they actually did, maybe that might work out. But I don't know. I had to see it first then to believe it. Yeah, and I'm gonna um, I'm gonna echo what you said. I think the best way they could have improved season two is shorten or remove the tortoise arc or the turtle arc altogether, and then expand or like uh, expand everything that happened in the latter half, like when they get Isekai a second time and go to Kizuna's world. Mm -hmm. Like, give us more of that. That way, we can have more of like, oh my god, Philo's in danger, and Raftali gets kidnapped, and like there's there's this villain kyo that we don't know anything about like we would have so much more time to to broaden those pieces that i feel like that probably would have solved a lot of the pacing issues at least for season two mm -hmm. and we wouldn't have to look at that ugly cgi turtle <laughs> and that's the thing though like i i've been reading like a bunch of things on reddit as well specifically for like shield hero like they've mentioned that the turtle arc in general in the light novels is also one of the weakest arcs so oh, interesting at, yeah so at least that we knew like People already knew it was going to be really bad at the beginning. But even the second half was just, I don't know, it maybe has a point or two better than that than that's a Spirit Turtle arc. But I don't know, it still is rubbing me the wrong way. Because 
if they really don't press forward like specific developments on things or answer more of those questions and yeah i think it will hinder it in the future and it, that's that's good to know almost that like the the light novel readers didn't like the turtle arc either mm. because in my mind okay if you go into creating an anime adaptation knowing that a certain arc or a certain part was not well received from the light novel or the manga like normally I want the anime to be as close of a one for one to its source material as possible. Mm -hmm. yeah. But in these types of situations, I would actually be okay if the studio took creative liberty and changed or removed certain pieces if they already know that it's going to suck. <laughs> like if you know it's going to yeah. suck, don't make us sit through it. Just get rid of it or, or find a different way to approach it. I agree with you. Like I 100% agree with you. It's – I mean – I've watched enough stuff to know that there are certain things that should have just been removed or maybe expanded upon. But also, like, even, like, me being, a, like, a manga reader as well, I read some light novels, not a lot of them. But even then, it's like, I'm kind of glad that I am I can fall through, like, a, a subreddit somewhere and they'll tell me, like, hey, these shits were bad. Like, uh, I'm going to go off tangent on this one. Uh, I'm just going to bring up the quintessential quintuplets, like, manga. Like, the first... 80 chapters are probably some of the most perfect chapters you can do in an actual rom-com series in harem but the in-between from like 81 to like almost 100 are some of the most like fast-paced like convoluted shit that they added a character that was never ever mentioned at all in the entire series and it, it hurt the series and when you actually read the manga it's still like a an eight out of ten manga but it's just the fact that like they're doing almost the same thing here on shield hero well, like they, they did in quintessential quintuplets it's just like added something specifically or hindered something which is storytelling because there's n barely any storytelling in this one it showed that they probably didn't care much about this one which is i'm kind of glad they didn't really care because it really showed they didn't give a shit about it that even everyone else still says that that arc specifically is shit yeah i I'm trying to think if I know of any other examples. I feel like there have been other anime where they did just say, hey, we're we're just going to hint that something happened, but we're going to move past it because it just doesn't work in the anime. Mm -hmm. And I feel like people people are usually okay with that. Like you have some fans who are like, no, it has to be exactly the same as the source material. But I think mm -hmm. most people who have read the source material are pretty much okay with the, the studio saying, hey, look, we're just going to change this up to make it better for the anime adaptation. And they're like, okay, that's a smart move. Please do that. I uh, Here, I guess they, they really couldn't think of a way or they really wanted to put the whole turtle arc in there. Um, but I feel like it it just made things worse in the end. Because the score right now, what is the score? Because um, I do want to talk about our, our scores as well. The score on Mal is at a 6.55, which is pretty poo-poo. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. It, it really does show that how this series actually turned out for most people. The funny part, the funny part is too, I, in my eyes, when I see like a score like that, like I have like five as the average and then like 10 being like spectacular and one being like the shittiest. The fact that people still find it, to me, like when I look at that, I, when people still find it, it's okay. I'm like, Mm, I don't know. I really yeah. don't know. Like, why do you guys still give it this much? Because on, on, I feel like the way Mal is now structured, like, I feel like Seven is like a solid anime, right? Like, Seven is good. It's a solid yes. anime. It's worth watching. Eight's like, it, yeah, Eight's like, you know, it, it's it's good. Like, you're oh, you're definitely going to have a good time. Six is like, you know, it was a step down. Mm -hmm. It was okay. But, like, you know, you don't hate yourself at the end of the day for watching it. I don't know. Like, my, my score... 
let's jump into it because I do want to share this. Okay. So tell us your, I guess, your your last thoughts about Shield Hero Season 2 and what your final rating is. Okay. So I'm going to piggyback off the score of Mal that's that they have right now, which is 6.55. There was another series I've watched that has like kind of close to that, a little bit lower, which was called uh, Koi to Uso. I think it's like Love and Lies. I think that's the name of the series. I believe it's the English translation. So I, when I first saw that score, I was like, it can't be that bad. Then I watched it. I was like, this is actually not a bad show to watch. Well, when I look at the 6.5 that I see on Shield here and I watch it, this is not good. And it's one of those few times where I'm actually going to give a actual series under five. And it's going to be a a four out of 10 on this one. Oh, damn. Because, like, honestly, like, I've griped so much, like, the entire time about this show. And I forgot to mention one other thing. They brought us Kyo's best friend out of nowhere, too, and ends up, like, helping them. Another question asked that didn't get answered. Oh, the chick, right? The girl Yeah, the green-haired girl. Oh, I forgot about her. Yeah. (laughs) See? Like, the, like, this actually would have been a solid five out of ten show if somehow they decided to actually answer questions instead of give us more and more details that never got answered. Because FYI, now Fumi goes back to his world. So all the stuff that's supposed to be about that world is no longer going to get answered. Or I don't know if they will. I stand by my hard four out of ten because, dude, this show should not have been this bad. They had a really solid first season and the fact that this second season just i don't know just just pooped the bed hard like i don't even feel like i should watch season three at all because of this yeah i i have a very similar sentiment so for me when i look at when i watch something and and i think carl's the same way we we like to stop and and think okay, what was the point of what we just watched? And Mm -hmm. I think to myself, what was the point of this season? Because we are right back to where we started from when from the beginning of the season, right? Like Naofumi deals with the turtle, turtle's dead. Okay. Naofumi goes to another world, that world does whatever it needs to do, and then he comes back. We are right back to where we started at the beginning of season two. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, what difference did this make to the story? I would have rather you have not done season two and just jump straight to season three. Cause I'm like, I, I needed none of this and none of this impacts anything. So I feel like I wasted my time. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I ended up giving it a five out of ten, so I'm not too oh, far okay. off from yours. Oh, okay, but I, I I feel like I feel like maybe it's getting a six point five five on Mal because it's still riding the hype wave from season one, but also maybe because there's a lot of waifus they introduce. I don't know. Like I can't wrap my head around why it has a six point five five, but I'm giving it a five out of ten. I honestly don't know why it's a six point five five. Like honestly, like I understand they did introduce some new waifus, but at the same time, it's like, dude, there's like nothing going on. Like there really isn't a very memorable thing that happened in this specific season. Like I, I have, I've talked about many scenes that happened, but none of them are, they stick out more than probably from like season one. Like when, uh, the first time like Rob Talia actually like killed something by herself like that, yeah. like the first time she got her killed by herself, that was phenomenal. But this one, it's like, like, okay, everyone's helping each other out, which is fine. They're, they're a party. But what else are they? 
like what what identity do, does this party have what identity does the other freaking squad have like that there really isn't anything it's so stale like this show is really stale and i hate talking about a show that i actually really did like the first season about but this was really bad yeah i completely agree and i know we, we tried our best to kind of pull the positives out but at the end of the day like just being f- truthful and, and being frank about it like yeah it just it didn't come together season two just didn't land i'm hopeful like like skeptically hopeful that maybe season three will learn from the season two mistakes and give us something better mm-hmm. but it sounds like they're going down this like spirit animal route and i don't know what the fuck to expect with that but overall, I mean, I think I think we can safely say season one is great. If anyone new is is jumping onto the Shield Hero bandwagon, they should probably stop after season one. Yeah. Wait to see how season three is before watching anything else, because otherwise you're just going to have the sour taste in your mouth. But I, I'm glad that you are here to, to talk about it with me, because I I was like, am I the only one who feels this way? <laughs> I, I feel like we share the, the same sentiments and the same feelings about the season. So I very much appreciate you coming on to talk about Shield Hero Season 2. It's It's been a fun roasting session. <laughs> Honestly, thank you very much for actually like contacting me, because like I've... I listen to your show, like, honestly. I listen to both, like, the the specific ones you guys do on animes and the JoJo one as well because I fucking love JoJo. Yeah. And the the fact (laughs) that you guys popped up when I was looking up JoJo, like, podcast. Like, I'm really glad that I have people that I I know for a fact that I have almost the exact same opinions on specific things on top of that. That I can, like, literally just come on their show, talk my ass off about specific things, what I hate, what I love. Like... It's great, like, to have people like this in the community. Like, honestly, it really is. Like, anime community is, like, really great on some aspects, not all of them. But, But, like, honestly, like, thank you for, like, calling me. Like, I'm really happy that I got a chance to be on your show. Like, I'm really Yeah, absolutely. I think it's been a great discussion. You're so much fun to talk to. And Mm -hmm. you're a fellow JoJo fan. So (laughs) we don't often have guests on Strictly JoJo, but we'd like to have more. So you're definitely going to be someone that we bring on because... I'd love to have a similar discussion about JoJo. Uh, But before we wrap up, tell everyone where they can listen to Simping for Senpai, um, where they can find you guys on social media, Mm -hmm. all of that fun stuff. Yeah, no worries. So I am the uh, doctorine of the anime titties himself, Mr. Ash Basham from the Simping for Senpai podcast. You can find us everywhere you guys listen to your podcasts, whether if it's... uh, Pand- whatever it's Cashbox, the Google Podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Just come on by, give us a listen, give us a five star rating on any time, whatever type of subject that you think that we did a really good job on. Just give us a five star rating on that thing. I mean, I have a like me and my uh, co host actually have an episode on waifus and like some of our favorite studios, and also like one of the most con- like a controversial topic, which was the totally not Mark versus Toei animation. We've done episodes like that, so come on by, check us out, and also don't forget to follow us on Twitter. On Simp X Senpai Pod. Excellent. And all of those links will be in the show notes. And for anyone who's on our Discord at the Strictly Series, Ash is there yep. as anime opi expert Ash because you are the opi <laughs> expert. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah, come if you're not part of the Discord, join our Discord so that you can chat with Ash as well. But Ash is going to oh, stick yeah. around to answer some additional questions for our Patreon bonus episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but thank you again, Ash. Really appreciate you coming on. No, no, thank you for inviting me. Like, honestly, it's been a pleasure. Like, I love guest starring on stuff, but whenever people just, like, straight up in the blue ask me, I'm like, I'm always down. Like, honestly, I'm always down. So hit me up. We'll definitely have you back soon. (laughs) No, thank you. Thank you very much. (laughs) 
And thank you, everybody, for listening. That wraps up this episode of Strictly Anime. Subscribe to Strictly Anime on your favorite podcast service. Join our Discord to chat with us. Follow us on Instagram at The Strictly Series and on Twitter at Strictly Series. And check out our website, thestrictlyseries.com. If you'd like to support the show, then head over to patreon.com slash Series And tune into Strictly Jojo, our other podcast dedicated to Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. All links are in the description. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy, stay weeb.